Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Media Junkies channel proudly brings to you its self-proclaimed Smart Mark Champions of the World, the Stark Attack, Michael Gresser, the historian, Kevin Weekly, and your host, Jason Hummel. It's the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. What's going on, wrestling fans? Welcome to yet another Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. Hope you're ready as you'll ever be for this episode. <clears throat> Hope everyone enjoyed last week's episode. You can catch up on all 16 of our previous episodes. Just please subscribe to our channel. And you can also favorite um, us on your favorite podcast app. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, pretty much any place you can find a podcast. If you do use Apple, though, please give us a five-star review and leave us some feedback. Uh, we also appreciate tweets. Actually, got a tweet from uh, a fellow wrestling podcast. Uh, the two jobbers and one Sasquatch said they listened to the last episode and they liked it. So we really appreciate that feedback. Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll be checking out your show here really soon, too. Uh, from what I've heard, it's uh, it's it's gotten some good reviews as well. So my name is Jason. I'm the host of the show. I'm joined by both Michael and Kevin this week. So we're going to get into some hot takes. We've got a lot to cover this week, a lot of different things happening in the wrestling world. So we have a lot we want to talk about, and uh, we're going we're gonna to kind of get things started right away. So how are you guys doing? Oh, pretty good. Great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Whew. You guys always have that energy. So, so hyped. I love it. Bring it, bringing it, bringing the fire. That's <laughs> uh, our gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right so let's uh let's go ahead and hopefully we'll get a little bit more fiery in the takes let's get things kick started so you know mike i'm gonna let you go first on this one because you you've been chomping on this one for for a couple of days now so uh so what what do you got for us so my hot take is baron corbin is a stupid idiot <laughs> so <laughs> He goes on, on social media and he calls everyone smarks and then he calls them hypocrites because they're all excited that Jericho's the AEW champion, but when WWE puts an old guy in the champion spot, we all bitch. Well, there's a fucking reason for that. When WWE gets, does it, it's a fucking part-timer who shows up four times a year. When AEW does it, it's to build their title and make it legitimate by having someone who's already established hold that title rather than someone nobody knows. That's just fucking plain and simple like you're in the business how do you not see that and then you have the nerve to call people out on social media for something that you clearly don't even understand yeah consider the source too baron corbin yeah and quit hating on baron corbin baron there's nothing wrong with baron corbin. A stupid fucking idiot. i didn't mind what he said i didn't mind what he said so much just because he I, he gets a lot of shit from people so I, I get where he's coming from in a way because we kind of had the same argument where I kind of thought maybe it'd be a good idea to kind of buck the trend and put it on the younger person to, to kind of build the brand around somebody that's younger. Uh, and uh, But I get, I get the whole idea of putting it on Jericho. And when you look back, actually, I saw a tweet uh, that showed like the history of like pretty much the lineage of the start of every championship in every single case, the person was above like the age of 36 years old, which 
The one that threw me off, though, said the first TNA champ was Kurt Angle at the age of 38, which I thought the TNA championship was around a lot longer than Kurt Angle. Like, I thought well, Jeff yeah. was well, the it, first one. When, to... when they became TNA, because it was NWA TNA <laughs> before. So when it was when they broke away from the NWA, he was the T- first technical TNA champion. If that makes okay. sense. Ah, I see. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Who'd he beat for it? Um, I want to say he beat Sting. Sting. Okay, so it was two it was two old guys going after it instead of yeah. a young guy and an old guy. Yeah, I believe it Sting was, was Sting it was either Sting or Christian. No, because Christian was champion. See, I don't know their history so well, but I know Christian was like NWA champion, but I believe Sting beat him and then I believe he had beat Sting for the NWA okay. championship. Don't quote me on that, but then he was technically the first TNA champion. I mean, come some slack, Jason. 90% of TNA's roster was old dudes who either were too broken to work in WWE or didn't want to work in WWE. (laughs) But they also had had guys like AJ Styles and Christian at the time and a few other younger guys that that could have... Christian falls in that old guy who's too broken to be in WWE. Like, he was not at that time in his career. He, was he wasn't like in his like twenties or anything. He was at least yes. in his thirties. He would have been in his maybe his low thirties if he was still his thirties. Old me. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's actually kind of similar to so like WCW was a part of the NWA, and Sting was the NWA champion. He beat Flair in ninety, and then in ninety one is when they officially became WCW. Well, Ric Flair won the title. In January of ninety one, and, then, and, and he, he was, was forty three years old. Yeah, he, he was like forty some years old at the time. Yeah. So that's kind of similar to the TNA NWA. Um, I mean, you look at like the first ever WWE was WWF champion was Buddy Rogers, and he was well past his prime. Right, he won it too. So I mean, that's kind of different because that's a different time. But so I get what you're saying as far as. Have an established, but he was an established person. He was a former NWA mm-hmm. champion. You know what I mean. So you have right. had throughout the years that happened. So, so I would I mean, think about though. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, WWE even does it with their mid card titles. When their mid card titles start dropping down and nobody gives a shit about them, and they always put it on like someone like AJ or Cena who can reinvigorate it and give it meaning again before they put it on someone else to build that person. It's just how the business has been done for ever, essentially. And the fact that Corbin doesn't see that and just sees it as people getting behind something that's different just because it's not WWE is ridiculous to me. Yeah, I mean, he, he's right on one part of that, but the the, the championship part of it, like, he, he definitely got that part wrong. Like, yeah, that was yeah. kind of a bad hill to die on. So... I'll give I'll give part of it to him just because I like Baron Corbin and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But you, yeah, all right, cool. Is it you? Is it you? <laughs> yep, I said you. <laughs> I like how they're like like trying to address him like Dean Ambrose more and more every week. You know, yeah, he's got, right. he's got the white beard. Oh man, he starts start wearing skin tight jeans. Oh god. Did, did you? Okay, I, he he probably didn't make your guys' match of the week. Because it, he, you know, you guys both hate him, but his match against Cedric Alexander on Raw was fan fucking tastic. He had a spot where Alexander was like hung up on the outside of the ring 
with his foot dang like he like basically his foot was caught in the rope and he was kind of hanging down on like the um on like the the corner pole and Corbin like grabbed his head and slammed him into it. It was freaking brutal. But overall, it was like a really good match. So he said, really all, all I heard there. was you put an emphasis on fan because you have to be a fan of Baron Corbin to give a shit about his matches. Oh, <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> Speaking of Ric Flair, when he was 42 years old and won the WCW championship, uh, he always had the saying, right? To be the man, you got to beat the man. And he's trying to uh, to get the WWE to beat the man in court. Uh, apparently, Ric Flair thinks that he's due some royalties for Becky Lynch using the moniker The Man. I, man, I, Ric Flair is a legend in the wrestling business. I have nothing but the utmost respect for him. Using that phrase, though, to be the man, you got to beat the man, and then trying to tr- loosely translate that into Becky Lynch just randomly calling herself the man when it had nothing to do with that type of context, in my opinion, is just him trying to either A, make some money, or B, put his name out there. So, Ric uh, Flair, honestly, this is a both. bad look. It's all the above. It's all the above. I blew all my money on hookers and cocaine, so I need some more of that. And I also want to come back and have a job again, so I'm going to make you have to settle in court by signing me a contract. One of them Undertaker contracts for life. Yeah. I, do, you I, else, I, do you think it's a work? Dude, uh, I don't I don't, know. I, honestly, I don't think so. Like, Flair is literally that pathetic of a person that it doesn't That's surprise true. me he's doing this. And suppose for what I read in that article also is he's also trained to trademark the man as well yeah. as because yeah. he supposedly owns the trademark for you got to so beat the man you have to or to be the man you have to beat the man. Um, but now he's trying to trademark that so that way he has more of a leg to stand on in court. And I'm just like, Jesus, why? Like, well, there's, there's been multiple people in this world that have referred to themselves as the man before Becky Lynch did it. So yeah, it's just I not mean, it's, something that it's yeah. like a fucking Carlton trying to sue Fortnite for using his dance. Like this is a no, just stop. You're, you're yeah. not going to win this, and you're just going to look like an old fool, and people are going to lose respect for you, and. Your daughter is just gonna hate you even more now, which actually seems like it's happened. Like from like I've read two or three articles about it, and both of them said that it's caused a uh, caused a problem between him and Charlotte. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. And he's just like, "Well, she just needs to understand it's not about Becky; it's about WWE." And I'm like, "No, you're literally trying to bank off of someone else becoming big using the man, and you thinking you deserve paid for that." Yeah. Kevin, you got something you want to chime in on that? Yeah, I just, I kind of agree with you how you're saying, you know, you got, you know, respect for Ric Flair and everything he's done for the business and everything, but come on, man. (laughs) 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 You know know what I mean? Like, I I, I mean, fucking really. I feel like you're it's waiting gonna... five minutes to use that. <laughs> no, it just came, just came to me. Yeah. Um, no, but it, it's going to kind of lead into maybe like my hot take and kind of, you know, why I think, All right. uh, well, why I think now, I think my opinion, well, maybe not my opinion, but I'm more and more thinking that Jer- Chris Jericho is the greatest of all time. And, you kind of cut out there, so go ahead and repeat it just in case oh, you didn't pick it up. <laughs> my hot take is with his win at all in, 
is Chris Jericho the greatest of all time? And so. I know people call Ric Flair the greatest of all time, but I just I, I I feel as if like Chris Jericho is the greatest of all time. Just uh, everything he's done. So is there an art you know argument for that? Man, it's it's hard to disagree. Honestly, I I like Chris. I've always liked Chris Jericho, and he's done a lot of great things. He's had a lot of memorable runs. His career has withstood the test of time. It really is hard to argue with you on that. I mean, it, it's the fact that he's done it through multiple organizations too is um i mean he's he's evolved like i don't think he's evolved like anybody else ever but he's like evolving all the time and we've talked about past episodes but like he can go to new japan right now and be one person then he can go to AEW and be this person and then but not just that like with his podcasts and these you know cruises that he does and but just where he started you know, even from ECW and the WCW, the man at ten thousand four holds. Yeah. To, <laughs> but but all the you know from Y two J to you know the Chris Jericho and the suit. Um, you know his, his feud with Shawn Michaels. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. Shawn, Shawn Michaels is great, but I think Chris Chris Jericho made that feud more than anything. Um. By punching you know, for, Sean's for, wife, yeah. Yeah, I mean, first, first, <laughs> yeah. but like first, first ever undisputed champion. I mean, he unified the WWF and WCW titles. Um, I mean, and he's well, almost fifty years old, and I know he's like, you know, he may not look the best anymore, but like the, the motherfucker can still go. Yeah, and and, it was a good match between him and Hangman. Oh, I can't take anything but, away from him. But just the matches he's had with Omega, but even the matches he had, you know, the later years in WWE with CM Punk and um, with AJ Styles, uh, you know, the, the, the list, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The list of Jericho, the, the, thing, the, the shit with Owens, and I just, I can't see an argument out there to where, especially all this, like I said, the shit, like, do you see Chris Jericho? I'm mean, correct if I'm wrong. Like doing something like this, like player, like, oh, I'm going to trademark just because, like, he, he, you know, he's a, oh, not at all. Because even he, even now, like with everything that happened, where like WWE wrestlers aren't allowed going on his podcast, he still has nothing but nice things to say about Vince yeah. and WWE. He he refuses to be that piece of shit who talks bad about the hand that fed him for years and years and years. I just, I just think he's, I just still today, like he's, he's got to be probably, as far as an active wrestler, like the hardest working person in the business. Just everything he does, it's like yeah. He never, and it's like he never stops, and it's like he's doesn't seem like he's ever gonna sl- like he's slowing down. So if he, if he's smart, he should trademark a little bubbly though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we were talking about off air, like his post match, like. <laughs> His like celebration where he had like the cheap ass like salami and cheese and the <laughs> the little bit of bubbly and there's like fucking solo cups to drink it out of and I mean but he's just like walking up and down the hallway like hey hey what's up nice shirt idiot you know just <laughs> shit off the top of his head he just um yeah that's my that's what I think I just more and more I think about it. I haven't always been the biggest like Chris Jericho fan, but more and more I just think he's he's the greatest of all time. 
Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, I can't disagree with you, Mike. You got an argument? No, I mean, you, you can't argue that he is the greatest of all time. Like, from WCW, ECW, WB, AEW, New Japan, like, everything he's in, he's entertaining, whether you love him or hate him, and he puts on incredible matches. I mean, he was a guy in WCW when young stars couldn't get over that got over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't yeah. you can't argue with that. I mean, I mean that oh, was yeah. all his uh, shit with Dean Malenko. Like yeah. that was absolute gold. R- Rufus but, the bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, and even like I mean, not that like Fozzie's like that great of a band or anything, but the shit he, he goes on, he still fucking tours all the time with concerts with yeah. Fozzie too. You know what I mean? So he's just yeah. All right, so we're all pretty much in agreement then that uh, Chris Jericho is possibly the greatest of all time, and that's right. like the most. And and it's funny too because when you think greatest of all time, like of the goat of wrestling, like he's probably not the first person that you would think of, but yet you can't argue against it. Because no. if you if you were to do like the Mount Rushmore of of professional wrestlers, he's not a name that you would necessarily put on that. But yeah, this is true. You can't argue that he's possibly the greatest of all time. No, yeah, you think Mount Rushmore, you think like Austin Hogan, Flair, Taker, Michaels, you know, right? But like, yeah, you want to think you want to think Jericho? Yeah, I mean Jericho really should be on there. You, You can't argue it. All right, cool. All right, so that concludes our hot take segment. So we're getting in some good, bad, and ugly. Kevin, you kind of tipped your cap on your good. Do you want to elaborate a little bit more on that post-match celebration? Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to lead into that now. Just my good this week was just, I mean, Chris Jericho winning the AEW championship. I know we've talked about it. You know, I think it was the right move, him winning, and just, again, his, <laughs> you know, charisma and – just I, it was just hilarious <laughs> with the, just the little bit of bubbly and now how it's like this huge thing on Twitter and everywhere that again just shows his greatness and he you know he's got shirts made uh, there was something I don't know if you guys saw a shirt it kind of uh, it was like the Bullet Club but it's called the Boobly Club <laughs> the Boobly Club it's like two <laughs> champagne bottles like. Instead of like bones or something or whatever, I have to find a picture of it and tweet it out. But like, yeah, I want to see has, this now. <laughs> but he, yeah, he has like all these shirts, like everything just selling like hotcakes. So that, that was my good this week was uh, Chris Jericho's post match celebration. Man, I'm I'm kind of a little sad though that this didn't happen before the wedding that we went to because remember when I stole that champagne off the table yeah, and just started yeah, drinking just, out of the bottle? We totally. <laughs> We could have recorded an awesome video for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was off the wedding party's table, too. Yeah. Just walking by, I picked up the bottle of champagne. It was like half half there, and I just started drinking out of it. And kept yeah, walking. My, yeah. Like, Jason's like wife's out back or whatever. And I think my wife was out back or whatever. So we're like walking out to the pack deck, and you have to walk past the wedding party table. And I'm in front of Jason, and he, he's like, hey, Kevin, look. The champagne bottles there. He just picks up, starts fucking chucking it. <laughs> <laughs> so he could turn that into a little bit of bubbly video, but no, no. Mm. Chris had to do it a little bit later on, or maybe it actually it was the same night. Was wasn't that on Saturday night? 
I think so. Yeah. 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 We just, but we we're at the wedding, so we couldn't watch it. But all right, what was good for you, Mike? My good is still like this is what week two in a row, or maybe even technically three. Um, Nakamura and Sami Zayn is just it's just too fucking great. Like at the end of the match, he like screams Shinkasa, and then he like starts <laughs> counting with the ref, and I'm just like, oh, this is this is gold. Like I didn't think I was gonna like this. I'm not a Sami Zayn fan, but. It just keeps getting better and better, and I just, I, I absolutely love it. It's great. It, it may be one of the best things they've done with, with Shinsuke since the like, the Pinchasa and the the no uh, no speak English. Oh my god! You just brought that up. I thought of last week's show when you were like doing your Nakamura orgasm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> when Sammy, Sammy just like goes nuts all over the side of the ring while it's just getting speaking on somebody. When he uh he uh he loses his voice by the end of the match too. Like his voice oh, is yeah. like dried out and starts to crack by the end of it. It's great. The only thing is though, and and kind of like this past week seeing it kind of brought it back like this is exactly what they were doing with Lilo Rush, though, with Bobby Lashley at first. Yeah, I thought Lilo Rush was a little more annoying, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah Lilo Rush yeah. is a little bitch. Like, not, not as funny. Not about the more same. Annoying. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. You got like an Undertake like streak going there, Mike, with uh, Nakamura. And- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm honestly surprised that uh, Firefly Funhouse didn't take it over. It was close, but then I saw the clip of the Nakamura match and just hearing Sammy like narrate it. I'm just like, I'm sorry, Bray, but this is this is better. <laughs> and I didn't uh, for for my good. I I kind of stayed away from the Firefly Funhouse only because I kind of want to talk about it on its own. So I think before we do like match of the week, I, I think we should just have a little conversation about it. But uh, my my good was that the legit boss is back, so I'm, I'm giving Sasha Ooh. some props because. Her promo was more of the promo that she's capable of giving. And then what put it over the top was the Bailey heel turn. I thought that was pretty well done the way they set it up throughout the entire night. And uh, I kind of enjoyed seeing that kind of darker side of Bailey. And she backed it up really well on SmackDown with her explanation. And she kind of still kept that. um, I'm here to like, be a good example for your kids type vibe. But at the same time, like she had that kind of darkness inside and I liked it. So I'm, I'm a fan of the heel Bailey and the Sasha Banks legit boss promo. And, uh, I I think the, I think it's going to be really fun until Sasha turns on Bailey. And then I think Bailey will come out of it in even bigger baby face when that happens. So I don't know if you you guys have an opinion on that at all. I, 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 I mean, go ahead. No, I, no, I'm all for it because they since she's been over the main roster, she hasn't been used to her potential for shit. I mean, I just think that she could have been marketed as like a female John Cena, just with her merch and everything, and mm-hmm. just how kids love her. I just, she just, just like Sasha Banks, it, both of them have not been used like they were in NXT. So, I do think it's a good thing. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if Sasha will turn on her. If she does, it may not be for a long time. But I'm just I am interested to see. I kinda wish they would have just waited a week 
like to the next raw to get an explanation. So everybody kind of stew on it for a little bit. As but, opposed to the next night. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. I just, you know, she gets she gets like a huge pop though when she turns. So. Yeah, I know. Right? Oh yeah, <laughs> she got that back pop when she turned. Like everybody just started going crazy for it. <laughs> it's like y'all. That's like you almost saw it coming too. Like it's yeah, like she like took the chair. She kind of was just like she had it, and then then Sasha was like, "Oh, let me put my hands up." Oh no, yeah, Don't hit, hit me, and then you kind of knew it was coming, but. I kind of liked the little smile before she did, though. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a little maniacal. I liked that. I feel like yeah. the only thing that would made it a little better is if Sasha would have played it up a little more, like, oh, she might turn on me and defend Becky and still be a good guy versus her like little like half-assed, like, I know it's coming next. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, like if she would have shown a little more concern of, like, whoa, bro, like, you want to hear her, not me, it would have been it came off a little better, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, but but to to like make it like really good, they should start dressing Bailey like a like a whore or something like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone else said it because like that was one of the things I was debating on bring up. But like, man, if he like, Bailey doesn't come out in like full Alexa Bliss gear, I'm gonna be real disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I just I saw oh somebody photoshopped their head on somebody or whatever, like with really big tits and, like, short shorts or something like that. Like, this is the Bailey we need. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just so happy that it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, leave it to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's that's too funny. All right, so I think we all kind of have the same bad and ugly, so this will probably go a little bit faster since we're just going to kind of keep it all, all together. I think we all thought that the uh, the finish of the Samoa Joe and Ricochet King of the Ring qualifier match was bad, really bad. I The only redeeming quality of it is I think the triple threat match is going to be really good. But... I'll tell you why it's not going to be good because Baron Corbin's in it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, the only, the only thing I can think that they're the only, the only reason I can think that they're going to do this is just because Joe is kind of getting that 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 face turn a little bit, and I think this kind of protects him and it protects Ricochet because whichever because you know Corbin's probably not going to win, or even if Corbin does win. Like either way, one of those two guys is protected because either one of them can pin Corbin and not the other. So you don't have two baby faces canceling each other out. Maybe is kind of the way that I, I think that they're trying to go with it. That's the only thing I can think of as a reason to, to do it the way that they did it, though. I don't know. I'm with JR. I feel like this whole like, oh, you need to have a buffer so that way you're protecting people. Like, no, if you put on a good enough fucking match where you tell a good story, both people get over no matter who actually wins. Like, just because he doesn't go further in this tournament, that means absolutely nothing. Doesn't mean it's going to hurt him. Like, there was no need to add add this into a triple threat. And if anything... Motherfucking Joe won because guess what? His arm was legitimately over Ricochet, where Ricochet's was kind of like in his armpit. So I'm sorry, Joe won that match. Fuck you, Vince. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my my question is though, and the, this is the biggest problem I had with it. Why would the referee count if he doesn't know whose shoulders are like if he's acknowledging the fact that yeah, I counted the three even though both their shoulders were down? Why wouldn't that just be one of those situations where you do the ten count to? 
for them to stand up as opposed to counting one, two, three when both of them are, are on the ground. That, did, that shit just didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it, and then the, the stupid. <laughs> I know, right? The, the stupid promo in the back where like they had Corbin interrupt while the refs all like, well, actually, the WWE management decided right. they both move on, and I'm like, oh my god, send this guy back to just being quiet in the ring, and, and this doesn't know. This is isn't so that, bad. Isn't that Nicholas's dad? Yeah, it is. is okay, know. that's what I thought. Father of one half of the greatest Raw tag team champions <laughs> yeah. of all time. Oh, my like greatest, but at least better than the current. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, that was out of our good, bad, and ugly. So, and all of us had the same ugly, and I cannot wait to talk about this shit. Oh my god! So, uh, so we all give Chris Jericho credit for being the goat, right? But it is yep. a bad look, and it is really fucking ugly when you win the first ever AEW championship and then you lose it the next day. <laughs> like, how? How does this happen? How do you lose a world title belt, a world championship belt, for an organization that has only been in business for a couple of <laughs> a couple of months, and this is their first first title match? Well, like, what, that what, is that is a bad up? look. What's uglier is that somebody, a Tallahassee man, just like found it in the middle of the road. Yeah. <laughs> like it was discarded trash. Like I think somebody stole it and the pressure got too hot. So they just threw it out, like threw it out their car window, like the OJ bust style from like the Hall of Fame way back in the day. Honestly, with the way this played out, I 100% think it was a work. I don't think that it was actually lost. I think it was all just fucking scripted bullshit because the second they launched the investigation, Jericho's in a hot tub with his bubbly sitting there <laughs> cutting a promo about getting a worldwide investigation going for the AEW championship. Like, had they left it, even if it is a work, if it is a work, if they would have left it where Jericho didn't say anything, they has had a few articles saying, oh, the police are investigating. The police found it and made it look like it was legitimate because if you legitimately have something stolen, you don't go fucking cut a promo on Instagram. It just it's no, that's just stupid, especially not one where you're relaxing in a hot tub like you don't give a shit. No, there is yeah. a legitimate police report, though. Yeah, I feel like f- for enough money, the, the collect and serve officers of the law would have made up and- a, a mock up one for them. And the limo driver was on his way to the police station at the same time that the that the man who found it turned it in, and he um, he was filing he he was getting information to file an insurance claim on it because he was he was going to be the one taking the the hit for it, so he was relieved that the guy found it. Also, the dude that found it put it put a post on uh, Craigslist. Like a lost and found post on Craigslist because he didn't know what it was. <laughs> so I don't think this was a work at all. This was 100% legitimate. The title somehow got lost or stolen in some capacity. Well, I mean, honestly, if anything, I think Jericho had a little too much bubbly. So he probably yeah. fucking stumbled out and left it behind if it, what, if it was real. What was the story? So he like went in to eat a Longhorn Steakhouse. Yeah, he left. He had a rent, he had a rented limo. Left it in the limo. The limo driver was what taking something to the airport or something, and then that's when it was stolen or whatever. Yeah, I guess something like that. Oh my god! So I don't uh, know. I mean, it could have been I, one of those situations. 
I am with Mike that I, I, I have a slight suspicion it could be at work. Yeah, no, but... it just it feels too like too many things happened during it to make it seem fakey to me. I feel like if it was a work that would have gone on longer because they they did find it within 24 hours. It was the police that delivered it back to him. But the thing that I thought was interesting out of it and the thing that definitely makes it seem like a work is the fact that we're getting a Cody Rhodes versus Chris Jericho match for the AEW championship out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's either A, a work, or B, it's Cody going, damn it, Chris, I can't trust you with this fucking title, so I'm going to take it from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, what have been the best way to do it as a work? Because I actually saw I saw a picture, and I don't know if it was real or not, but it was a picture of the AEW championship inside a refrigerator. And they were like, oh, CM Punk's the one who stole it. Oh, my God. And I'm like, that would have been yeah. great if it would have just been a huge prank and Punk stole it from the limo and just, like, was keeping it overnight and then, like, brought it back to him just there, to, to have a little, like, part of everything. There was another <laughs> one of, it was Crime Time had it. Oh, God. Oh, tried, my God. They, they, wanted, they wanted to try to get a job at AEW, so, like, somebody photoshopped them with a the belt, like, Hey, we got y'all's attention now or something. <laughs> My favorite one was the one that I that I uh, posted on Twitter where the repo man was holding it. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> oh man, I'm honestly surprised nobody did anything with like Enzo and Cass trying to get jobs. <laughs> yeah, or like Jake the Snake, like putting it in Damien's bag. Yeah, like, when he stole the million dollar belt. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so <laughs> it definitely isn't. Was it was it was it six? Remember when he was a klepto in WCW? He was, stole the U.S. title from Eddie Guerrero, and he stole the Cruiserweight title. Holy um, shit, I don't remember that at all. He stole the Cruiserweight title from Dean Malenko. Huh. I, did, I, I don't remember that at all. That's crazy. I barely remember six in, in WCW. Hmm. It would be <clears> like late 96, early 97, when hmm. he had he had this thing of stealing title belts. I mean, it makes sense. Makes total sense. Probably like stole him and made a bong out of him or something. (laughs) I didn't realize RVD was the one who stole him. (laughs) Yeah, bong out of him. All right, so we went over what's ugly and all that. Let's take let's take a quick second though before we get into match of the week and before we get into our nostalgia segment, which has to do with this. How about fucking Firefly Funhouse last last week? Did you get a chance to finally watch it, Kevin? I, I didn't, but oh my know. gosh, dude, d- d- watch it right now. <laughs> no, I'm not. It, it's it, I, I read about it, so <laughs> it doesn't do it justice. It does not do it justice. So many little things in there. So you get the Vince McMahon puppet coming out and accusing accusing Bray, like, or basically saying, do you know, do you understand how important Seth and Braun are? How dare you challenge them to a hell in a cell? And then going into, you're about to fire him, and then he pulls out a wad of cash and goes, no, 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 boss, look what I'm making now. And then he feeds the money to Vince. (laughs) I I mean, come on. (laughs) Like, is there's so many things there, like, it's a Shout out to the Smarks. It's a it's a shout out to all the people that think like Vince is out of touch. Uh, and then there's even just a little humor of um, of the all the characters are on the screen at the same time. And then you see the rabbit come up with a sign that says help. And then Bray just kind of doesn't even like look at him. He just brushes him back and hides <laughs> him from the camera. I mean, 
that shit's just great. And how about like, so basically I, I'm just assuming whoever ends up winning this match at Clash of the Champions, Bray's going to end up showing up afterwards, right? So if he's in a match at Hell in the Cell, I, I see Bray Wyatt as a universal championship by the time Hell in the Cell's over. I mean, I, I would certainly be okay with that. Yeah, me too. I mean, especially if you want somebody that wants that's going to be in it, you want to make put it on somebody who's going to be an attraction. I mean, he's the perfect fit for that because he's relevant. People love him. Uh, he's not Brock Lesnar, and it's okay if he's not on <laughs> Raw because he could be he could have a Firefly Funhouse Funhouse segment. You know, he doesn't have to be there physically for it to be. But the weird thing about it is, though, the thing that would be difficult with that is how do you pick his challengers? Does he pick his own by just randomly showing up and beating the shit out of them? Or. Well, I just feel obviously his first like challengers would either be uh, Seth or Strowman. Um, after that, I do feel like it would be kind of interesting to have a champion who like kind of half shows up because he's like not in the ring, but he's like doing these segments as neighbor Bray. And he just kind of like alienates people and kind of whoever his next challenger is, is who he like decides the fiend needs to punish. Yeah. I also want one of his puppets. I want, I want Husky Harris to start like just gnawing down on the championship saying it tastes like strawberry fruit roll up. (laughs) (laughs) i want that too (laughs) now did did you feel at all i i I wanted to ask you because you brought this up one time um i think in in our bad segment one time because he didn't follow up with this did you um did you think it was too little too late for him to acknowledge the the match with finn um, no, I feel like I, it would have been nice to have it sooner, but at the same time, just the, the fact that he did at least made it feel like it wasn't completely ignored. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the reasoning was to have him wait. If it was just like a matter of like, oh, we don't have the time on raw because we have other things going on. Um, or if it was just they wanted to let everyone simmer on it. Um, but the fact that at least it got acknowledged and he didn't just move on and completely just not give a shit about Finn. I think it's more confusing about the fact that Finn shows up to work after getting beat up by the Fiend and they like kind of half tease him, like talking to AJ and stuff, and then he goes on his vacation. <laughs> yeah. He goes on his vacation, he gets married, he shaves his head. He's yeah, uh like he's 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 in a Buddhist monk temple. I mean Finn's yeah. Finn's living the life right now. Yeah, I'm just I feel like he should have been gone after after SummerSlam. Like it shouldn't have been like he came to work the next day or anything like that. Should have at least like played off like, Oh yeah, you got your ass whooped and now you're kinda gone until uh we need you to come back for a, a big return. To have which demon I, I, versus I, I, uh, Bray. Yeah, which I almost feel like it should be booked to where like that could be your mania match. Not oh yeah, main event, but like okay, let's say Bray beats, say Rollins wins. Okay, you can get you know match of Hell in the Cell. You can get rematches out of it to finish off the year. 
but then you start getting teases of the demon and maybe even start playing mind games with the fiend and have this ultimate build-up to where you have the blow-off at WrestleMania, fiend versus demon. That'd be... How, I mean, that, so... that, how great would that I mean... Here's how I've built it in my head. So you do the same thing leading up to January. Once January hits, you kind of have these like cryptic vignettes interrupting Firefly <laughs> Funhouse, um, where you're not quite sure what it is, but you know something's coming. And then the demon, not Finn, the demon wins the Royal Rumble as a surprise entry. And hmm. then instead of Finn Balor being there at all, you have just the the demon taunting Bray for three months until Mania building everything. Dude, what if what if what if Finn did his own version on like some sort of segment like that, and then but you only saw the demon on camera like in the arena, kind of like did a, do like a little reversal type thing. That'd be interesting, I think. Oh, I mean, there's so be. many things you could do with it, but like they'll book like Baron Corbin to. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Corbin will will beat Bray at WrestleMania in the opening match of the night. Yeah, in like ten seconds. Hey, don't don't talk with, about with, my king with, like that. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> oh God. Oh, okay. that's Jason's depressing. Fan, Jason, no, Jason's fantasy booking is King Corbin and Queen Dana. <laughs> right? <laughs> you do realize that Corbin doesn't get you tickets to shit, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. gosh, stop it. Stop yeah. it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> I do, um, I, I, I don't know. I Actually, Samoa Joe is my King of the Rings, so I'm going to stick with it. I just I just wanted to troll you guys a little bit. Speaking of Samoa Joe and troll, I know we don't do Tweet of the Week anymore, but how about that tweet I sent you guys that uh, Samoa Joe put out about uh, about people being oh, trolls? Yeah. He's oh, like, yeah. I'm not even uh, like disappointed in the trolls because I like had this guy accidentally text me thinking he's his uncle and I've been giving him bad advice for five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, and the way he worded it too was so perfect. I, I retweeted it at Live Your Gimmick. So if you wanna if you wanna go back and scroll through and find that, it it's a good read. It's pretty damn <sighs> funny. So definitely check that out. But uh, all right, so uh, we talked about Firefly Funhouse, which I wanted to get into. So uh, let's go into the matches of the week, and then uh, we'll we'll go to our nostalgia segment and get it closed out. So, uh, so let's go with uh, with Mike. What was your match of the week this week? Uh, this week, my match of the week was uh, kind of surprising. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, but the uh, women's championship or tag team championship match between uh, Alexa, well, Bliss Cross, and. Uh, the Golden Goddess and uh, shit. Now I can't remember her name. Fuck. This is not Sonya, great. Sonya Deville, <laughs> Sonya, Sonya Deville, thank you. Fire um, and Desire is the name of the yeah, tag Fire team. Yeah, Fire and Desire. Um, the match was pretty good. And then just that like tag team finisher was like pretty solid. And I was like actually impressed and okay with them winning the championship by the end of the match. Like I was just like, oh, they, they ain't beaten my girl Alexa. And then they did. And I'm like, I'm okay with this. This is that was that actually bad. Like they kind of earned it in my eyes. Yeah, the match wasn't for the title, though. I thought it was. No. <laughs> uh, it was well, just, that's... Yeah, it was, just, it was a non-title match, but it was... Uh, oh, wish, what a shock. The champions lose a... I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, I, I agree with so you. I, th- I thought at one point I heard though. when they uh, when they won, I thought I thought I heard Michael Cole say something like, they, "They just won the championship" or something like that. So that's why I thought it was for the championship. No, no they'll get they'll get a te- they'll get a championship match at Clash Champion, and then they'll yeah. and then they'll lose. <laughs> exactly, because the champions only win when it matters. But I agree with you. Their, their finisher was good, and the match was a lot better than expected. And it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to focus on the wrestling in a match that features Mandy Rose and Alexa bliss, Alexa bliss, <laughs> but somehow, <laughs> somehow I was able to, and it was, it was a good match. So I'll be there. All right, Kevin, what was yours? Uh, my match of the week is, uh, Elias Zali. Um, oh. I was, uh, pretty impressed with this match. Uh, I was, I, I think I was mostly impressed by Elias and really showed, you know, some of the, Good in ring work he can do. So, you know, Ollie does a great job, always put good matches, but uh, he's kind of my, you know, shocker match of the week. But I thought it was a great match. Yeah. And the, the nice cherry on top was the creepy looking face that Elias made while he was sitting on the throne with the yeah. crown on playing the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, was, yeah. Uh, that was definitely the cherry on top of that one. <laughs> No, that was a fun match. All the King of the Ring matches I thought have been phenomenal so far. So I, I have I, that's the best thing that's come out of the King of the Ring tournament so far. Is just how good these matches have been. I think I brought that up last week, but uh, yeah. So my match of the week actually comes from AEW's All Out, and it was the Bastard Pac versus Kenny Omega. Now this was supposed to be John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, so there's a lot of anticipation going into that. But because he re-aggravated his elbow injury. Uh, Pac took the took the place and uh, and Kenny did the job for him, which I thought was actually kind of surprising. He actually tapped him out. Well, I don't know if he tapped him out or made him pass out to a submission hold. And uh, just overall, just a fantastic match. A lot of fun back and forth. Those guys really, really went after it. And And I think the most impressive thing for me is the fact that the match was such short notice and it still ended up being really, really good. Because and, and, that was not the match that was supposed to happen. And I guess they were both like really mad afterwards because they thought the match was bad. Really? They, yeah, because they felt like they were rushed into it and felt like uh, it went too long. They were rushed into it, like as far as booking it. I, I mean, obviously, you know, Moxley <laughs> being hurt, but like they thought it went too long, this and that. But then, like somebody like replied, um, like I, I was reading an article and somebody replied in the comments, like. Oh, that's funny because it was the best match of the night. <laughs> oh, by, by far <laughs> it was, show. yeah. Which, which is great because it's like, you know, hey, if you guys think that thought it was bad, like, holy shit, what do for an encore? Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So if you didn't get a chance to watch any of those three matches, make sure you go back and check them out, whether it's on uh, the WWE Network or I don't know if you can find ways to watch it. AEW other than on like YouTube and stuff like that where usually they they post a lot of full matches like I think I saw somebody uh, actually advertise that they had the full match of Pac versus Kenny Omega on there so it was was a good match so a lot of fun and and honestly like I forgot how good because it's been so long since Neville was in the WWE um so just just the I I forgot how good that guy was in the ring I mean it's he really is a lot of fun to watch and uh, JR even made a comment like, oh, he's been called many things. Like, Man, that gravity forgot. Like, okay, you're going to take WWE's moniker and use it. <laughs> but, but yeah, good match. I, I, I would say that moniker too. 
Yeah. Guy. Oh, I know. Yeah. I like clearly, gravity didn't forget him, or he wouldn't be hitting the yeah. guy underneath him. <laughs> he, would, he would be floating the whole time. <laughs> Jeez, go back to sixth grade science class, you yeah, idiots! Yeah. Stupid idiot. <laughs> <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid. All right. <clears throat> All right. So, because Chris Jericho lost the AEW World Title, uh, we decided to um, to. Uh, honor Chris Jericho with our nostalgia segment by, by talking about our favorite title belts throughout history. And I actually, I put it, I put it up on Twitter too, a little bit beforehand and got a, a few responses from, from some of the followers, uh, you know, like, uh, Smarks, uh, X Smarks, uh, X Smarks, a spot, Mr. Smark Henry. He, uh, he, he concurred with the, uh, the collar and elbow, wrestling podcast where they said that the uh the early 90s IC title was the best one and then uh we got the uh two Although uh I, two I, jobbers yeah some of those ones like one of them said the purple air continental title after yeah took it away the original air continental uh, that's fine that that, that's i mean that's fine that's their favorite that, that was that was two jobbers and one sasquatch wrestling podcast I they're also the I, ones I that, uh, like one, that that uh, like our show that, so be nice. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 that's all. That's all good. Thanks for like sharing everything. But like, I honestly think that's like one of the ugliest. That's just my personal opinion. If you guys like it, that's fine. But I, just think yeah. I mean, it's not like he's gonna go on Twitter and tell them they're smarks and that they're stupid, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they also no, that, agree that, that, that's that why. That's why it's it's your favorite. That's your favorite. Cool. Just not yeah. my favorite. They also agreed with me though that and and I'll I'll just go ahead with mine first that the uh, the the winged e the winged eagle WWE title from the uh, the late '80s, early '90s, in my opinion, was the best one. I loved the look of that title. I liked it because it wasn't too big and too gaudy to where guys could actually wear it around their waist and it worked, or they could wear it over their shoulder and it worked. And I think it, it just might be part of the reason. Like some of my all time favorites, Hulk Hogan, obviously growing up was my favorite, and that was the title belt that he held for the majority of his title runs. Shawn Michaels, uh, the when the boy. Hood dream became a reality. Was wearing that title belt. Bret Hart through his run. Diesel through his run. All these guys were guys growing up that that were the reasons I was wrestling fan. I was a wrestling fan. So that title to me, I think, holds like a, a special significance. So being that this is our nostalgia segment, for those reasons alone, that's why it's my favorite. And I kind of, and that's like probably like that's definitely my top five. And the the, the one that you posted, the the I. Like the original, like the because there's actually been like many versions of the Winged Eagle. But, like the first version with it was like dual plated with nickel and gold, and like that's kind of like the one that you posted, Jason. Mm. Like that, that's like my favorite one. Like the, yeah, because it doesn't have all the gold, so the gold kind of pops out because it's got the nickel behind yeah. it, and it had that darker leather too on the back. Yeah, and, that and, was and actually, and my actually, favorite. actually, the first ever one and. That, that Hogan debuted on Saturday Night's main event, or it was the main event against Andre when he lost it to Andre. Like, yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Like, the, the part of the belt where it says heavyweight, like, wasn't even, like, outlined in black. It was, like, all gold. Yeah. So, like, that's, yeah. Good choice. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. No problem. K- kudos from our historian. All right, Michael, we got. Yes, ass. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So, so mine's a little. Oh no, you won't. You're gonna shit on mine, just like Jason always does. Um, 
So mine isn't necessarily a, uh, a, it's definitely not a WWE belt. And it's not necessarily a wrestling belt, to say. Uh, my favorite is the Up, Up, Down, Down championship belt that Xavier Woods had made for his, uh, for when he has all of the WWE superstars come on and, and play video games and whoop each other's asses for a belt. And I don't have any significance to like, oh, it was, you know, the boyhood dream. I just think it's really pretty. <laughs> I said this player right now, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, so basically Mike just showed his uh, his uh, his nerdum by the gaming <laughs> championship belt being his his favorite. <laughs> I mean, if I have to choose an actual wrestling one, you said it didn't have to be a no, WWE yeah, title. But, but, but so I follow the rules. No, she's an actual. What would be your actual wrestling? One? If if mine was actual or actual wrestling belts, I'd probably have to say either the either the current IC Championship with the white strap, or I really like the uh, the the base plate for the women's tag team championship. That that looks really cool with the way they did that. Hmm. All right. Well, nothing. Yeah, not everyone at once. Throughout, nothing throughout history. No, that, you know, but no, 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 no. But you know what? No, I do like about the women's tag team championship that they didn't make it like the Raw or SmackDown tag team championships. Where it's yeah, it wasn't just a, the dumb circle with the gladiator like, head on. Oh, it. hey, let's just you know, let's just oh, cookie cut. Let's get the cookie cutter out <laughs> and make more belts. You know, what I mean, like, yeah, I can, I can see that how they just kind of like, yeah. And that and that's what I like about like the NXT and like NXT like mm-hmm. the UK, UK titles like they're not carbon copies of WWE titles. Yeah. So honestly, yeah. honestly, Mike, I'm I'm surprised your favorite isn't the uh, original women's uh, NXT title that Paige held. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that belt's so sticky. Oh shit! Hey, can we take, um, can we take a minute to appreciate the fact that? Championship is ugly as fuck. The what, the what? Which which championship? The 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 the, the, the AEW e- Women's Championship. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh uh, yeah. Um, that... I've seen. I've only seen like in, in a background of like a like a promo thing, whatever. Um, yeah, it's pretty. Kind of like like I don't know if you know like any of the current like Impact title belts. If Impact's even still around, I don't know, but like. Like some of the impact championships right now are fucking god awful, ugly. But yeah. Hey, and I, to answer your question, Jason, about like the old titles, see my problem is I don't I don't like the big like gold gaudy looking things. That's why I'm not a big fan of the AEW championship. Like I didn't like the WCW World Heavyweight. I didn't really care for the winged uh <gasps> WEF belt. Like they just I don't know, they just didn't do it for me. All right. Well, since uh, Mike already just shit on Kevin's. Kevin, what was your favorite? <laughs> well, no, like, I have so many. Like, honestly, every, if you go back, like, NWA, like, around, like, 1987, every, like, every title that was in existence, like, say, that year, were probably some of my favorite belts. Like, the NWA, like, world tag titles, U.S. tag titles, U.S. title, like, the world TV, the NWA World TV title, um, like all those belts, I just were probably some of my favorites. But my favorite is probably the original first ever like big gold belt that Flair debuted in '86 on the brown leather. Um, I just think that's 
I think that's the prettiest belt of all time. So that's probably definitely my favorite. All right. I have, so, I I have so, so, so many favorites, but like, I guess yeah. if I had to pick one. Um, it was, it was a real close tie between that and the uh, like original like ten pounds of gold NWA title. So, I just yeah, the one cool. that you posted the picture of, I I've always been a fan of that one. I kind of picked that one. Not like and, w- yeah, and not, I, not like WCW's version when they switched to like black leather, right? Like yeah, that stupid ugly gold look like the original one that was kind of like you know kind of like the original winged eagle was dual plated and it was like that beautiful gold and like some but the brown leather too was something different other than just normal black leather so yeah that's my favorite it's no up up down championship but right (laughs) (laughs) that is true it is no up up down down championship i mean i will say though for like creative creative type titles i mean that that one is kind of cool so i will I will go that far with it, but uh, but yeah, <sighs> you're just you're just you're just you're just anxious for Fanboy Fight Club on Sunday, so I, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> All right, well, hey, that was our nostalgia segment. Uh, definitely, I'm very really shocked. I'm very really shocked. Nobody said the 24 seven champion, right? <laughs> <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese token title, get it right. Yeah, yeah. Or, or the the hardcore no. hardcore championship. That was all broken up. The winged eagle belt smashed. <laughs> that actually was horrible. Honestly. <laughs> like WCW's hardcore title, that was fucking dismal. But like, yeah, WWF's hardcore title, that was pretty creative. So, give give some credit where credits due. Yeah. All right, I'm sending you guys in our group chat a picture of the uh, a, a link to check out the uh, that that uh, women's championship I was talking about. Okay. All right, so let's go ahead and finish this up before my microphone starts cutting out because it seems to be at the end of the podcast where that all shit starts to go crazy and haywire. So <laughs> I would say throughout most of it. Oh, okay. Oh, right. that is horrible. Oh god, yeah. that looks like someone took the main championship and put it through one of those like squished penny machines. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's funny like, because there's like, been other like, people that had this back. Yeah, like every plate's like the same size. Like seriously, yeah. it's like this weird oval in the center, and this oh, it's so ugly. Yeah, it's horrible. It's Why side plate, the side plates are cool? Yeah, but, but the like, center plates make... just like looks like they couldn't afford a full plate, so there's like, well, how yeah. big can you make it for this much? And I, yeah, and I and I, I like the design on this main plate, but like, why is it like, what the fuck? It almost looks like it got pinched and like folded, <laughs> folded in half or something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that big scary lady sat on it and it got stuck between her butt cheeks and she squished it. Yeah, big scary. Are you talking about the the uh, the the transgender woman that they have? Oh, I know she was transgender. I thought that was uh, what was the her name? Karma or whatever. Oh, you're talking oh, about yeah. uh, Awesome Kong. Uh, yeah, yeah. Awesome Kong. Yeah. No, nah, she's she's too busy still filming Glow. No, they have Gosh. a. They have a woman. They have a transgender woman that's that is in their match to crown the first ever women's champion. So it's her and this girl that won a match on uh, All Out. I forget what her name was because I wasn't paying that close of attention. But the 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 uh, yeah. So the, there's a lot of controversy right now over that because they're like, 
oh, a transgender woman in the women's division. That's an unfair advantage. It's fucking wrestling. It's a fake sport. Like <laughs> China and China and Beth Phoenix had an unfair advantage too, and they were legitimately women, but they were just beasts. So I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it's a little ridiculous to me that people are making that big of a deal about it. But whatever, teach your own. So, yeah. Hey. All right. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I knew I should have closed the show out when I had the chance. All right. So, yep. <laughs> this is all your fault. Here, here, here. Hey. This is here. This is how we close the show out. All right. So, thank. <laughs> Check out. <laughs> Good night, uh, oh man! <laughs> Thank you for listening to this edition of Wrestling Podcast. You can check out us on Twitter and Instagram at Live Your Gimmick. We are also brought to you by Media Junkies. You can check out everything that we have to offer there at Media Junkie Vids on Instagram and Twitter. We have other podcasts like Rogue Agents, which is the a Division Two podcast. So if you're into Division Two video game, you can check that out. Wes and Jamar on that show do a really good job. I've chimed in from time to time on there as well. You can also check out Michael and I on the Fanboy Fight Club podcast. So if you'd like to hear nerds arguing about nerdy things with uh, with uh, Bitch of the Week at stake, then uh, you can check us out over there. And uh, we're going to have our... We post uh, what every two weeks there, so this Sunday we'll be recording another episode. They'll post on Wednesday. And uh, you can also check out all the content that Media Junkie has on YouTube at youtube.com slash Media Junkie. Mike, is there anything that you would like to plug today? Uh, yeah, and hopefully I don't break up every other word. Um, was I breaking I, up every I, other word there? It, it, was, it, was, it was spotty, yeah. Oh, That's Jesus. why we were laughing so hard. Great. Um, it wasn't just residual from the initial joke. Uh, <laughs> make sure to go follow me on Instagram. It's uh, at Vault of Personality Comics. I'll have a few new shirts going up here in the next uh, week or so, especially now that T Public finally has the licensing to allow us to post Rick and Morty shirts. So I have some shirts that got removed by Cartoon Network a year or so ago, and now they're going to finally go up. All right. Back and better than ever. Damn right. All right. Awesome. So please subscribe, share um, after you listen to the podcast. If you listen on Apple, give us a nice five-star review. We appreciate anybody that listened to the show today. Give us our, your feedback on Twitter at Live Your Gimmick. That's L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. Thank you again for listening. Remember to be a fan and always live your gimmick. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>